Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. I'm here today. Uh, I'm here today on behalf of the Gideons, and uh, it's, it's our it's our time to to talk a little bit about what we do. I'm not going to be long about the Gideons because I got this I got this word that's been really it's, it's, it's been with me for a while, and everything that's been happening since the first of the year has all just kind of fallen into place. But uh, everybody knows about the Gideons, the little, the little New Testaments. Everybody's seen a New Testament, had a New Testament, and these little New Testaments cost about a dollar and sixty-five cents. And you've all seen the Bibles in the hotel; those Bibles cost about five dollars. So at the end of this service, you're going to have an opportunity to donate to the Gideon ministry and I, and I ask you to prayerfully consider to do it and if you don't I do ask you to pray for our ministry because you know we get to go to, to schools and hand out these Bibles to fifth graders and, and, and you would think you would think in our area that that would be easy to do but I'm telling you it's getting harder and harder to get in these elementary schools Flomerton is a hard place to get into Middle school is a hard place to get into. I, I'm just telling you, it's, it, it's, it's sad. It's sad. The hotels, the hotels out here at the interstate, you can't hardly get in them to put a Bible in the rooms. Christians don't own them, don't believe in what God's Word says. I ask you to at least pray for our ministry. Uh, I, I got a couple of testimonies I want to share with you. and One of them, and... and I read about these testimonies, and, and, and I get this magazine. And, but anyway, I like, I like to share testimonies that we all can relate to. And one of them, I was having coffee the other morning with one of my pastor friends, Brother Wayne McMillan. Most of you may know him. He's been to Africa numerous times. And uh, he said, Tad, let me tell you a Gideon story. So he said, we were, we were in this village one day and, and said, uh, some folks approached us about going to the top of this mountain where this village was that, that uh, nobody nobody had been to much. They, they weren't very receptive to outsiders. So they prayed about it and they decided to go. So after a treacherous journey, they get to the top of the mountain, they get to the village, and uh, they walk up. And, and if you know Brother Wayne, he's always smiling and talking. He's got a smile real big. And he's always talking about Jesus and, and, and loving on people. So Brother Wayne gets up there and he starts being Brother Wayne. And he knows the language. And all of a sudden the chief runs up to him in his face and tells him to shut up. And at this time he says, oh Lord, I might have messed up, Bruce. And uh, so anyway, the chief turns and walks away. And he, he motions for him to come, come with him. They go into the chief's little hut there. Chief opens up this big treasure chest and pulls out this animal skin, wrapped up some kind of animal skin, begins to unfold it. In the animal skin is a Gideon hotel Bible written in their language. And the chief says, are you here to talk about the man in this book? And he said, yes, I am. Long story short, they wind up starting three churches in that village. One, one, one more story, and I'm going to move on. 
lady in California named Sandy Boyd, and this one really kind of stuck out to me. Her name was Sandy Boyd. She was raised in California, and at the age of nine years old, her grandmother was teaching her and her sisters how to conduct seances, big into witchcraft. Also, her dad introduced her to drugs at nine years old. At 11 years old, she was an addict. Life spiraling down. She tries to get away. There's no way. Everywhere she turns, her dad's right there. Her dad's right there. He wants to be in complete control of her life. So she finally runs away, begins to prostitute, gets pregnant with her first child. Her and her baby living in the car. She gets the child taken away. She moves on. She's just, just having a rough time. She can't get away from the witchcraft, from the idolatry of, of different things. Well, moves on. She, she gets pregnant again and uh, has a little boy. And they were, they were in their room one night asleep, and, and uh, something woke her up and said, Hey, it's time. It's time. And, and what it was was the enemy saying it's time for you to introduce your child into what you've been brought up with. So she, not knowing what else to do, she says the only way I can break this curse is to kill myself and my child will get adopted by a loving family who will bring her up out of this mess. So anyway, she leaves and she goes out to this deserted place and in her car and she leans her seat back and she's got a razor blade in one hand and her right hand drops between the console. She had got this car from a drug, drug addict several years ago. Drops her hand between the console. Gideon, New Testament. <laughs> Pulls it out, begins to read. Never been taught how to pray, Pat. Opens it up. The center prayer in the back of the book. That's, all, that's the only prayer she knows. She begins to say this prayer over and over and over. Man, we know what happened then. Hey, a dollar, a dollar and 65 cents. You say, well, that's a little bitty Bible, and it's a little bitty print, and it's hard to read for me. But let me tell you what, it's living. One box. One box is $165. One box is $165. A hundred volumes of God's living word. You, you don't know what it's going to do if you got to plant the seed. Anyway, she, she goes back home. She gets to her little boy. And uh, they go to bed. Little boy's squalling. All of a sudden, she goes in there. And, and little boy says, Mama, Mama, they're biting me. They're eating me. She turns the light on. got biting marks all over them. Satan. Satan's there trying to get that baby. Next day she goes. She begins to say that same prayer. Lord, I'm a sinner. I believe you died for me. I need you to help me. That's the only prayer she knows. From a dollar and 65 cents Gideon Bible. Anyway. Next day rolls around. And, uh. She calls, she calls some help. And long story short, she moves to Texas with her child, gets married, and her and her, her, and her husband are pastors. Little boy's a youth pastor. Not today, Pat. Not today. I urge you, I urge you to uh, consider donating.
And, and I want to share this word for me, and this is familiar. You know, Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, it says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Bible in the console of a car, no telling how long it had been there, no telling what it has seen, but it's living. I always say when you insert something living into something dead, something's going to happen. So I urge you to consider donating to the Gideon ministry. We got our card program out there. You can send those and, and donate Bibles to, uh, for, in memory of, in honor of, and, you know, five dollars. Five or six dollars to buy five or six Bibles, and it's amazing what it'll do. But that leads me to my word. Whew, Pat. <laughs> uh, turn your Bibles to 2 Samuel. Chapter 2, verse 12. And I'm going to read just a minute, and I'll let you sit down. It said, Now Abner the son of Ner and the servants of Ishabeth and the son of Saul went out from Mananam to Gibeon. And Joab the son of Zeruah and the servants of David went out and met them by the pool of Gibeon. So they sat down one on one side of the pool and the other on the other side of the pool. Then Abner said to Joab, Let the young men now rise and compete for it before us. And Joab said, Let them arise. And they rose and went over by number, twelve from Benjamin, followers of Ishabeth, the sons of Saul, and twelve from the servants of David. And each one grasped his opponent by the head and thrust his sword in his opponent's side, so they fell down together. Therefore that the place was called the Field of Sharp Swords, which is Gibeon. So there was a very fierce battle that day, and Abner and the men of Israel were beaten before the servants of David. Now the three sons of Zeruah were there, Joab, Abishai, and Asiel. And Asiel was as fleet of foot as a wild gazelle. So Asiel pursued Abner, and in going he did not turn to the right or to the left from following Abner. And then Abner looked behind him and said, Are you Asiel? And Abner said to him, Turn aside to your right hand or to your left, and lay hold on one of the young men, and take his armor for yourself. But Aziel would not turn aside from following him. So Abner said again to Aziel, Turn aside from following me. Why should I strike you to the ground? How then could I face your brother Joab? However, he refused to turn aside. Therefore Abner struck him in the stomach with the blunt end of the spear, so that the spear came out of his back. And he fell down there and died on the spot. So it was that as many came to the place where Aziel fell down and died and stood still. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word, and I pray, God, that just like your word says, that your word will not return to you void, God, that it will accomplish that for which you send it. Now, Father, bless this house in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a a lesson there for you young men, if nothing else. Don't fool with an old man. (laughs) We can't run. We can't run, and we ain't going to run far. I, th- I thought about that, Pat. Probably go with a Pat back for us. <laughs> <A> young man. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, 
<laughs> so let me just give you a little, a little background there. Isiel, Isiel, of course, pursued Abner. And, and, and Abner, he, he had to kill him in self-defense, basically. And if you read back in, in, in previous chapters, you'll find that Abner was Saul's, was a, was a general in Saul's army, and Joab was a, a general in David's army. And this is about the time that Saul, who had been anointed king, but walked out of the anointing, we all know about that, and David, God had anointed David to be king. So there's a lot of tension there. So anyway, and Abner, Abner told Isaiah, said, I can't face your brother Joab if I kill you. Stop. Go chase somebody else. And he wouldn't do it. So he had to kill him. Pause right there just a minute. Self-defense. Everybody agree it was self-defense. In the book of Deuteronomy, in the book of Numbers, and in the book of Joshua, if you'll read, God told Moses and he told Joshua to set up cities of refuge. Going somewhere. Cities of refuge. So, just in Abner's case, when he accidentally killed Isaiah, he could go and plead his case. But he had to be within the gates of the city of refuge. If you'll read also, he, he, he set them up on the east side of the Jordan. And when Joshua led the people across the Jordan, he said, set up three cities over there too. One of the cities across the Jordan on the west side was Hebron, David's stronghold. So, here we are. Abner killed Haziel. And, and, and it goes on to say that they all just came to a standstill and they just split up and they went about their way. Well, later on, later on down the line, Abner, Abner gets to thinking. I, I believe this is what happened. He got to thinking. He said, you know, you got to know he recognized, he knew what the anointing was. He'd seen Saul. He'd seen Saul walk in God's anointing and seen Saul walk out of God's anointing. He'd seen God anoint David as king. Abner recognized God's anointing. So he decides to join forces with David. And during this time, so he travels to Hebron, the city of refuge. David's glad to see him. You can read all about it here. David's glad to see him. Long story short, David blesses Abner. David blesses Abner. Just like our pastor blesses us every Sunday. David blesses Abner. Abner leaves the city of refuge. Abner leaves with that feeling of uh, maybe a false sense of security. Security. He leaves. He walks away. Everything's good. He's kind of forgot about killing Joab's brother. Joab returns to David in the city of Hebron and said, What have you done? Why have you turned him loose? Remember, Joab's brother has been dead. So Joab, in the city of refuge, and I didn't mention this earlier, but when, when you have someone that, that uh, accidentally kills someone, that, that victim's family, somebody in that family becomes the avenger of blood. <clears throat> Joab is the avenger of blood. Abner's kind of, he's kind of forgot all about what he, 
what happened. He, he's, got, he's got the man of God's blessing. He's walking, man. He's good. Everything's good. He's got David's blessing. So anyway, Joab comes back, and he's all upset, and he, Abner's gone. And he tells his men, said, go summon Abner. Bring him back. Bring him back. So he does. He gets him in the gate. Not in the city. Not in the city of refuge. In the gate. Andrew, come here. Man. I'm so glad you're here. I've been, I, I knew I was going to use you today the whole time. Huh? This is Abner. The stretch of carpet, five foot, the gate. These steps, city of refuge, the arms of Jesus. Abner, come here. Abner walks up. Joab stabs him right here. He falls dead in the gate. Out of the arms of Jesus. What a picture. So close, Andrew. So yet so far. All right, Andrew. When I call you down, don't come up. Don't come down this way. <laughs> so what if? What if? Joab summons Abner, and instead of stopping in the gate, he runs to the arms of Jesus up here. I say, Abner, come down here. He ain't coming. He's safe up there, see? He's safe. He's safe. I, I'm not going to stab you anymore. <laughs> Y'all give it up, Andrew. I, I, want, I want to say, but look, how many people do you know today? How many people do you know today? We're so close, but yet so far. I, I've been there. I've been there. I've been in church every Sunday. Lost as a ghost. Anyway, so I, I, I kept... I kept saying, Lord, there's something else. There's something else. We know, we know this city of refuge is a picture of Jesus. David, David said of Abner that he died a fool's death. His hands wasn't tied and his feet wasn't fettered. Meaning he was deceived. Oh, boy. How many of us get deceived right here in the gate? So I said, God, there's something else. There, there's something else. That, that, what is it? And the other day he told me. This is exactly what he said. He said, normal is not enough. Normal is not enough. So I'm thinking, okay. So what's normal? What is normal? Normal is going to church every Sunday. Coming up here and getting a blessing from the man of God, maybe and give a, get anointed. Leave here with your chest poked out. Man, I got this. And about Wednesday, when church time comes Wednesday night, you say, oh, well, I think I'll go hunting. I'm tired. I'm tired. I don't want to go. <laughs> Been there too. That's what normal is. Normal is... Normal is what so many of us do every Sunday. We've been hearing about this since day one of 2022. If you remember, the pastor's first message was about knowing Jesus in your heart 
versus knowing Jesus in your mind. Normal, normal is knowing all about Jesus up here, but not here. That's what normal is. God said normal's not enough. And, and, and I said, Lord, there's something else. There's something else. And as they were singing this morning, this is how I fight my battle. I think I'm surrounded, but I can't remember the word exactly, but I'm surrounded by you. Normal, normal is when we come here and we come leave up here on Sunday morning and we walk back down here about Wednesday and all hell breaks loose and we wonder what we're going to do. It happens. It happens all the time. Lord told me, said, there's too many people visiting my dwelling place. He who abides, he who dwells in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. When you dwell and you abide, you stay there. You don't visit. Too many folks visiting. Been there, done that. How do you fight your battle when you're here and you need to be there? There you're surrounded by him just like what the song says. Up there. No plague shall come against your dwelling. Huh? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I'm not making this up. It's in your Bible. What it says. Down here, all hell will get you. It hits you in the face. Been there, done that. Too many folks visiting. We visit in the secret place. We visit. And about Tuesday and Wednesday, we get ready to visit somewhere else. And come Sunday, we don't know where we've been. It's not something we do one day a week. It's a process. An intentional process. And I just, I can't help but think that if we could get to the place where instead of roaming back and forth, visiting the presence of God, and stay in the presence of God, what we could do. Pastor talked about a couple of Sundays ago a system breach. Man, that hit home with me. A system breach. You know, when the system gets breached, when you leave the secret place, when you come down here in the gate, when you leave, Larry, the arms of Jesus. 
That's when the system gets breached. And the more we stay here in the gate and away from the refuge, our dwelling place, where no weapon formed against us would prosper. The fiery darts are tough here. I'm not saying they won't come up here because they're going to come. But guess what? Just like the song says, he surrounds us here. He can't, he can't surround us when we're down there. He can't do it. Huh. I, I had some notes, but I, <laughs> boy, I lost them. <laughs> oh, Lord. I, I, you know, it's just so amazing because everything that, that I've just said is just lined up with, with, with everything that's been going on all year. All of them talked about the other day about, about anguish, and about pray to God that what hurts his heart hurts ours. When you're back and forth, when you're back and forth and you up and down and you up here and you're down there, what hurts God's heart won't hurt yours. But the more you stay up here in the secret place, under the shadow of the Almighty, where no weapon formed against you will prosper, the more you stay here and the more you ask God to show you, the more that hurts his heart is going to hurt yours. That's a challenge all the issue does today. And uh, I, I'm going to issue it again. Get, get to a place where you can pray, God, what hurts your heart? Make it hurt mine. And, 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 you, <laughs> and you'll, you'll see something. You'll see something happen. So I had another scripture. Let me. Get it here. It's in Isaiah. And it says, Isaiah 29, 13. And as much as these people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, and their fear towards me is taught by the commandments of men. It's all about visiting. It's all about where you dwell. It's all about staying in the presence of God. You know, you say, well, how do I stay in the presence of God at my job? Well, you can do it. All you have to do is ask him. All you have to do is be intentional. When they start talking about stuff that you don't need to listen to or that you, you, don't, need to, you don't need to let get in, Walk away. Say, I'm not listening to it. But you got a choice. You got a choice. The choice is yours. What you going to do? You going to visit? You going to visit? Or are you going to dwell and you going to abide? 